my avid followers from the beginning of this podcast knew it as Pleasure Seeking, named after my new book, The Magic of Pleasure Seeking. As soon as my book is available to pre-order, I'll announce it here. Now, speaking for the series, Your Work and Finance Voice, today my guest is Jacqueline Shadek. Who is she? Well, she's a power-packed person. Uh, Every time I have to talk about money or finance, I get the hives. And this is a woman who makes it easy for us. She's a certified financial planner, professional who partners with individuals and families to get to help them gain financial clarity. And heaven knows people who are not number oriented need that. She believes that people um, need comprehensive financial guidance in order to make the best decisions. Amen. And she has a passion for helping clients achieve financial success. There are so many things uh, about her and awards, but I'd like her to come on and talk about them. Come on in, Jacqueline. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you for coming to visit us. And um, I know that you're in Atlanta, is that right? Yeah, so that you're six hours behind me in Rome. What's a nice girl like you doing in Atlanta? Are you originally from Atlanta? I'm not originally from Atlanta. I've been here for about oh. 11 years now. I'm originally from Northern California, time, outside of. It is a long time, and it's so funny because people will say, "Oh, you're yeah. from that area now." <laughs> I wasn't born here, but I have been here for a while. I know the terrain pretty well, and yes. we get our rainy days yes. randomly. Uh, throughout the whole year so we're having one of those <laughs> but, today uh, another thing not only what's a nice girl like you doing in atlanta but what's a nice girl like you talking about finance numbers and i imagine it's not really talking about finances it it's consultancy will you tell us exactly yeah it's it's an interesting yeah. topic right so the same that brought me to Georgia from California is the same thing that brought me to financial planning. (laughs) Quick story. um, I grew up in Northern California and long story short, the family was, uh, the property was sold out from under my family. And so at that time, my grandfather simultaneously passed and therefore my mother and her sister each inherited $1.4 million. So, they each inherited a little over, you know, almost $3 million uh, collectively. And they both oh. ended up losing that money oh. within about four years, uh, but in total. So oh, I God, had a problem yes. with that. I was <laughs> asking a lot problem. of <laughs> and nobody could answer my questions. And I had a problem with that part. So I became a certified financial planner so that I could answer questions that people because have about their finances. I didn't even finances, know that that right? existed so, as a profession. Um, what do you have to do to get there? What What is the, the is it, uh, mm-hmm. what department do you go to? I It's economics, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's a branch of that. So it's funny because financial planning is a right. newer profession. It actually didn't come about until well, 1960s. That's pretty long so though, 60s, you know. 
Um, I mean, I guess when you oh, compare right. course, it to medicine sure. or law, it's like, although those have been around sure. for hundreds of years and here's financial planning and it's new. And so with that, you can you can actually become a certified financial planner uh -huh. with any bachelor's degree. Uh, you used to back in the day not need a bachelor's degree, but they changed that in the early 2000s. And so now if you have a bachelor's degree, you can pursue the certified financial uh -huh. planner designation, which if you push really hard, like I did, you can get it done oh. in about 14 wow. months. You, you crunch. And you, you really. Yes. It's about, about 14 months of studying very, very hard and then an eight-hour test eight. at the end of that. That's not bad. Yeah. Uh, but well, no, but you don't have to write <laughs> a, whole a paper day. or a big thesis or anything like that. It's just. Well, you have to, you have sure. to take the coursework for the CFP designation. And so you have to pass sure, tests sure. on every course and, and stuff, but no big paper well, like a PhD. Look, you know, what interested, what intrigued me about you, actually, because um, when we were writing to each other, you put together two words, money and emotions. And that's fascinating to me um, because in mm -hmm. my world, money is also a language of love. There are people who have a language of touch and, and so forth. But money, uh, what do you what is your experience with that money and emotions? The story of money and emotions is so vast. And it starts with the story of my mother really losing her inheritance. So I ended up writing the book Money Planning and Positivity in part because I watched oh her God. emotional journey follow very closely yes. with her financial journey. Really hard to watch somebody who has a lot of ups and downs that you know follow their financial path and so with that i wanted to write a book to explain to people that having more money is not going to right. bring you a better life and so i share a lot of that in my book of like okay this is how you can get financially grounded and this is how you can handle your emotions centered around money and this is what the idea of having money is supposed to bring you and unfortunately all of that doesn't right, sure. just happen you know sure. that snap of I've had, you know, eight figure clients who can't keep relationships, who, you know, struggle with their family relationships, you know, so okay, it doesn't matter how much money I'm going you to have. stop you. you gotta do uh, because most. let's see, mm -hmm. we're, we're talking about your mother and then you became uh, who you became. Now we're fast forwarding. Let's take a case, um, a person, a woman or a man you choose and tell me a little about their relationship with money and emotions. What does, what do you see? What do you see them, how they act? It's so interesting because money yes. is such a taboo like sex, topic. Actually. Yes. So we like to place this label on people about what their value is as a human based on their income or their net worth. And that's really hard for me to watch people do. I get the question all the time in dating, like, oh, could you date somebody who you know doesn't make six figures or isn't worth eight figures? Can you date somebody like that? And I'm like, that's not the question. OK, the question is, can I stand yes. this person? <laughs> Right, a uh, short digression, but taking a uh, 
let's see, let's take a, an example of a person who uh, had a client, his salary from his company that he owned was $1.2 million per year. And in his free time, he just would go out and spend all of that money on anybody he could because he was trying to fill a void of, you know, not having these healthy relationships with other people and not having oh, other okay. hobbies outside of work. And so his hobby was just to go spend his money and to try to make friends blowing his money. Did he have an emotional relationship? Did he have a love relationship at the time? Uh-huh. Okay, so that I know was of. a problem. That was a problem. And so how mm -hmm. did you work with that? I mean, what yeah. did you do? Make him do 50 sit-ups right in front of you? I mean, <laughs> take out the whip? <laughs> well, isn't that how our jobs as financial planners turn into yes. financial therapists, which is becoming a full designation itself to teach people how to talk to others about their money and the emotions with it, the psychology of, of money. And so for me, I let them know, you know, hey, this is this is right. where the line is drawn. I'm here to help you with finances. And sometimes I do suggest yeah. that people go see a therapist and I have recommendations for therapists. I have recommendations for a grief therapy, uh, for a grief, grief therapy session with a woman who specializes specifically in people who are selling businesses or who have gone through divorce or, you know, who have struggled with any kind of big separation kind of anxiety because there's a certain grief there. And so I had one client who actually was selling his multi-million dollar company oh my God. and was getting divorced oh all in the I'm same. I'm feeling the pain. <laughs> it was a lie. Oh my goodness. It was, it was so hard. It was so hard. And I tried to do as much as I could to, you know, guide him on that path, but it was, that's a for lot any, any for one person to uh, handle. Let me ask if you don't mind uh, responding. Yeah. Typically, let's take the case of this poor guy. <laughs> um, how long do you typically work with someone? I'm sure it's different for everyone and it take, everybody has different timing. They're slower, they're faster until they turn your, their session around their, their life around. Do they come to you in spurts? Say they'll come to you for three months. They'll go away. They'll come back after two years because they have problems again. How does it work usually? Yeah. So at my core, I'm a financial planner. Right. So a lot of the come and go is, you know, more of the recommendation right. with your therapist. So most people have long-term relationships because oh, okay. I'm actually All managing right. assets for them. So, yep. But in terms of the financial planning and the conversation, sometimes that does ebb and flow. And somebody is speaking to me for, you know, two or three months, very, very, at a very high pace, okay. and then it'll slow down. And that's, that's kind of normal. You know, as something happens in your life financially, you're dealing with either a financial trauma or you've got some new money coming in or something changes that's a trigger point to work with a financial advisor. So it only makes sense that I would work with them more as something such as yeah. retirement is um, approaching. Jacqueline, have you ever thought of, um, because you work on your own, I mean, you have your own business, right? Have you ever thought mm -hmm. of looking back and working for others? I mean, have you ever um, regretted taking this decision of branching out on your own? Regret it? 
No, not really, because the financial advisory industry is very in buttoned sense? up. In what sense? It's very professional. It's very professional, and it's hard to allow people to be themselves in that space. And so, okay. especially women, I myself have had this experience, but a friend was telling me last week about how she used to have to breastfeed underneath her desk at work because she had no other option. And so our industry isn't, isn't really uh, well suited to support women. You know, it's a male dominated industry, a white male, 50, 50 years old and and over dominated industry. And so uh, the industry hasn't really been built for women and it hasn't been built for young women. And so I'm trying to change that narrative and it's hard to do inside of of a company with all of of their rules and structures. Why not your own? But I mean, hats off to you, but let's take one step back. All right. So you're this, I'm going to call you a fixer because in many ways you are (laughs) money fixer. But um, do you work with people who have their own businesses, but does do companies call you and have you come in and say, analyze all of their structure or, and try to see where the leaks are? Does that happen to you? Sometimes, more so on the financial What's wellness that? side, where companies ask me to come and speak ah, to their employees. Okay to come in and speak to their employees to help relieve financial stress, to help them understand their 401k or any other investments that they need to be making so that they can retire on time is usually what the goal is. So that is, um, I get, I get that, that you called it the wellness you, and, and, and you mean Mm -hmm. just their financial health. Is that what it's about? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's people who can be financially well, right? Or you can be uh, more on the financially sick side. And so for people who are financially well, you're understanding what your cash flow is, right? You understand what you have coming in and what you have going out. And then you're striving to keep your expenses lower than your income so that we can start saving money. You know, so that's one of the pillars of financial health is purely just saving more and and spending less and i'm not talking about you know dave ramsey real strict style um, you know don't spend any money at all i still want you to be happy healthy loving your life but i want us to do it in a responsible way so that when you are 65 and all of your friends are retiring that you get to have a retirement party too well Okay, so now I'm going to pull up the mirror. I'm going to ask you a question that you're not going to like. All right, so so Jacqueline, mm-hmm. Jacqueline, how is Jacqueline? Is she healthy financially? I mean, do you find that um, that you become ill, like eating too much chocolate, getting off, you know, going off the bandwagon, things like that, financially at times? What does that translate into for you, being yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, good, question. good question. So a lot of financial advisors have a lot of stories about things that they did wrong or things they saw. And that's how they got into advising. Well, I got into advising when I was 20 years old. So there wasn't a whole lot of time for mistakes. And I have honestly always been a very financially conscious person. So for me, I make my worst uh, decisions <laughs> yeah. uh, since COVID has happened. 
I've kind of uh, been shopping a little bit on Amazon. I hear you. <laughs> For me, I got a I got a little Amazon happy, and I had a lot of things delivered, and I have more okay. things than I really right. need. <laughs> I think that's a common but problem. For me, it's always <laughs> right. Right. And so for me, it's always uh, a missed opportunity. In what sense? It's really a financial setback. So there's been tons of financial opportunities that have like, come across my desk, example, either private opportunities and different companies. Um, for example, this tech company who creates mm -hmm. batteries for cars. I had an opportunity ah. to get in on the ground floor of and 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 they're building their company and so you mean i passed on that opportunity just or or in what way oh okay okay yeah but were you yes. afraid so i had the opportunity to invest you didn't think about or you just didn't have time there's just it was just an opportunity that was like oh you know right, it'll be right. there it'll be another one you know I'll do something else. I'll come back to it and just never got back well, to it it probably and, will be others. you know unfortunately those I mean, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Missed opportunity. opportunity. So, right? so let's so, see. I mean, do you, yeah. I imagine that you're the kind of woman who scares men who are not in finance. Is that true? <laughs> it's definitely, it's definitely a little intimidating. I've picked up on yeah. that after a few years of dating. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, you're in a male dominated environment environment obviously um are there any pros to that because we know the cons more or less mm -hmm. yeah one of the pros i was sharing on another podcast is that men tend to have this battle this testosterone battle where they feel like they always have to outdo each other especially when it comes to finances and investment opportunities and who's making the most money and they always get very yeah. um competitive in that space. And so what I've seen is I've had some of my clients let down their guard with yeah. me being their financial planner because they're like, oh, okay, it's a woman. You know, I don't have to be right. as as competitive. We don't have to share, you know, figure out whose shoulders are more broad. So that's one um, advantage of being a woman in this space. Um, another advantage is a lot of us were taught things by right. our mother right? Or Role that's models. Yeah. the idea, you know, you grow up, she's, she's there for you. She teaches you all the things. So a lot of us look to a mother kind of figure to teach us different things. And so in my case, I've had clients where, you know, they're like, oh, I'm so much more comfortable working with a woman than I would be with a man. That's very you know, interesting. Male and female. Just relating it to actually having learned a lot from their mothers growing up. So that's also interesting and another that. strong point that. that we have. All right. Now, I'm, I'm, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's um, interesting. I'm going mm -hmm. and I'm looking at other things that you had written to me. And one of the things um, is how to start investing with less than $500. And I thought, oh, is this magic? I mean, what is she talking <laughs> about? <laughs> Yeah, uh, we start calling technology yeah, magic you these got days. That right. <laughs> magic. Uh huh. So it's it's pretty simple, you know. A lot of people are actually already investing through their right. company four hundred one ks, and 
I'm overdue for Brava. my trip to Italy. Good. <laughs> I We're waiting been... for you. Just come. <laughs> the the uh, Coliseum is a 15 minute walk from my place. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. They have friends in Florence, so they recommend yes. the fly into Rome and yes. the trains of Florence. So I've been meaning to make that yeah. trip, but I haven't yet. And I'm looking forward to it and looking forward to hearing more about the oh, financial structure. I don't structure think I can Italy, handle because you know that. I, I'm not, but you know, when you talk about the financial structure in Italy, I think you would be very surprised. You would be very surprised. You would have to talk to mm -hmm. a banker, and I can help you that with that. Uh, my family's in Tuscany, in you know, right outside of Florence, and my banker, uh, the bank director, mm -hmm. is a sweetheart. Heart, a sweetheart he's his english is perfect mm -hmm. and um and it would be interesting yeah. to get in touch with him to talk about he's very knowledgeable yeah he's been to the best you know best okay schools. yeah yeah you would like I that, need that. Yeah. I need that. Yeah, when I went to Australia, I had a family who lived in oh. Colorado for three years. And so they were able to help me make, you know, the similarities there. But as far as the financial structure here in the States, you know, right. we have our 401k as the standard right. plan that most employers offer their employees so that they can save for retirement. So that's a really, really solid tool. And that's right, where most right. people start investing right. for their future. And they don't know. actually know right. that I, that's so what's going my, on. The account. first half of my life was spent in the United States. Okay. So I today have a company in the United States, so I don't get a 401k. So I'm really envious when somebody talks about their 401k. I just bank on social security in the future. Mm -hmm. right? But, um, uh, like you say, a lot of people don't know exactly how to exploit that. And so when you're talking about investing with less than 500, it, you're talking about using the 401k money. Is that? No. Okay. So that's just a start. That's an easy start. That people don't understand. They they know that maybe sixty or two hundred dollars is getting right. deducted from their paycheck, right. but they don't realize where that money is going. So it's going into the four hundred one k, and then your four hundred one k should be invested, hopefully, right? So beyond that, you now can open up investment accounts, and you can buy fractional shares. You can buy ETFs. You can buy mutual funds. All of these have opportunities for you to start investing with okay, less so than is, $500. Is, um, if you get, uh, let's say this is what a financial consultant, I'm calling you a financial, uh, would tell, because it would be, it sounds like Chinese, you know, to someone who's not in the, in the business, but <laughs> I can understand what you're saying. And, but don't you find that people are very reluctant to let it go? the money go and invest mm -hmm. and yep. how do you convince them that's that's a good question okay so the the best thing that i can do and for those you know you can't okay. see but you can hear right so when you have a really tightly closed fist and you're holding your money really really tightly you know you may kind of <laughs> peek peek your knuckles apart so that a little bit of money can get out right so you can so you can pay your bills but you're holding the money so tightly that Thank no Brava. new money can That's, get in. You're, you're good. You're really good. <laughs> <laughs> Tight. 
So you've got to be able to open up your hand and let some of the money flow. You know, you ask me what what um you know what I look like financially naked Your essentially and for me you'll <laughs> I spent I, I reinvest a lot of money back oh, oh, into yeah, my business. If yeah. you go look at numbers, you know, that's what I, I end up doing, right? Because I think that you yourself right, are sure, your biggest investment. Sure. You should be. But in order for you to, you know, be able yeah. to kind of peel things back and, and get started and for those who feel really scared you've got to start somewhere and there's going to be a risk in everything that you do. You know, yeah. investing is risky, but so it is it. staying in the same place I'm that you've been last year. Talking because uh, there's an expression in Italian. There are different, you know, regions and notably uh, the Genovese people from Genova are sort of, you know, stingy. You know, they, 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 they just don't like spending money. They say that the Genovese have short arms their arms just never get into their pockets to get the money out. They never pay for their friends. It was making me laugh when you were talking about the fist. <laughs> well, now, uh, now that your mother sees, is she still alive, uh, your mother? So she knows uh, what mm-hmm. you're doing and she knows what success you're having. What does she, because you still look to your mom, obviously, right? for some kind of guidance. Uh, what is, what, what's the narrative now between you? What does it sound like? It's funny. It's funny. Only a few people ask few this people? question. Ah. Not everybody asks well, this question. Yeah. I'm, it's I'm usually like, like everybody else. <laughs> two, two. <laughs> no, you're not at all. So um, yeah. my mom still struggles to this day. She still struggles financially. A lot of it has uh, to yeah. do with mindset. Because if you have, you know, a mentality of never having more and never yeah. having enough, and yeah, you sure. always live in this space of, you know, just yes. scarcity, you know, that's just yes. where you're going to live. And so, unfortunately, she still lives in that space, and she's really never recovered mm-hmm. from that loss. Interesting. Law. This is interesting. Um, uh, if she weren't your mother, right, would she be a candidate for a therapist? Do you think? Um, right, like to go see a therapist in relation to money. I'm th- I'm saying. Okay, there Absolutely. you go. There you go. I, I think all people. I think all people need therapy, but especially those of us who've been through through yeah, a bad yeah, yeah. situation. Thank you so much for this, Jacqueline. Because you know, like you said, the first thing and I loved it when it came out of your mouth. You said, "Well, money is a very delicate topic." You know, people just, it's taboo, like sex. It's even, people talk about sex, but money, you don't Mm -hmm. ask people how much money they make. You don't, uh, you don't ask them where their money comes from. That is really something that is left under wraps. And I love this uh, idea where you just peel open everything and uh, you do it in such a playful way. I like it. I, I mean, you must be very successful. What does a great day look like in your life, in your work life, Jacqueline? Yeah. A great day in my work life is usually a day full of half consultations Good. because I'm getting to meet new people and helping them with their situation and half working with clients that are oh, already okay. part of my book. So it's, it's exciting to right. add new people to the roster and get 
to change new philosophies and see yeah. new net worths grow, you know, not for the point of people having more money, but for the point right. of the freedom that it brings them, you know? I'm not always talking to sure. people about retirement. Some people I'm talking to about, can I afford to take yeah. a two year sabbatical? Can I afford to take two years off of work, yeah. you know, and come back? So it's always fun to have those conversations with people and to help them yeah. reach that next level. Uh, you know, there's a point in my career about six years in, I decided I was like, you know what? I don't want to work with anybody that I wouldn't want to uh, go have lunch good. with. Very that good. That I want to have point. You know, <laughs> I only want to strive to to help people who are really interested in changing their situation. You know, that's what we're talking about when we're talking about financial planning. And so that's a perfect day for me is meeting new people and then well, helping existing clients. All good days. I'm not going to ask about the bad days. I don't want to know about that. <laughs> well, I'm going to extend that um, invitation. So when Jacqueline comes to Rome and goes to Tuscany, I will, you know, have you meet Alessandro, Alessandro, and he'll be thrilled to talk, use his English and perfect English. Yeah, it would be great. Thank you so oh, much for amazing. taking the time. I know Thank you're you. on a, a busy schedule today, and I appreciate it. I hope sometime we'll have the opportunity to talk again. Thank you so much for having sure me. I hope was. this was helpful. It sure was. Bye-bye.